Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. I want to talk to you about God's guidance this morning. At the end of your life, the decisions you make will determine where you end. Some decisions are small and have no impact on anybody. Other decisions, I call them destiny decisions, are major decisions. And we have to be very cautious. I I want to say careful. I want to say prayerful. When we make decisions about who you marry, Okay, I know the young people come tonight. Okay, anybody not married, believe in God for a wife or a husband? Say amen. Who you marry? Okay. Where you live, what church you are planted in, what career you are to pursue. I mean, I, I think sometimes people take decision making so by the way that they don't realize decisions today determines destination tomorrow. And especially if it comes to church, and I'm going to talk to you about how to make God-guided decisions by faith. Especially when it comes to being planted in a church and just packing your bags and getting up and getting out. I mean, either God is sovereign or He is not. Either God is in control or He is not. And my Bible says God has planted His people in the church that He chooses for them. Now, I know Facebook doesn't like me. We're having a battle with Facebook to get me back on because I'm not towing their international or their line and now they like me even less. I don't care because I'm going to preach the gospel. Amen. Facebook or no Facebook, we're going to preach the gospel and say it as it is in the beginning. It is almost like the Bible is now becoming hate speech for people out there in the world. Well, we know the Bible is the truth and the Bible is the Word of God and the Bible is the way we build our lives. Come on, if you love the Word of God, give Him a praise this morning in Jesus' Name. So it's God's desire, listen, to reveal the future to you. He doesn't want you to live a guessing game. Uh, stumbling around in, blo- in darkness. As your father, he has a detailed plan for your life. Do you believe it this morning? He wants to guide you through every valley, over every mountaintop. He promised to never leave you and forsake you. In John chapter 16, Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us into all truth. John chapter 16 verse 7, he said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Holy Spirit will not come. But if I go, I will send Him to you. So when He comes, verse 13 says, as the Spirit of truth, not the Spirit of the world, He will guide you into all truth how to raise your child, how to build your marriage, how to build your business, how to be a soul winner. He didn't just come to get you to heaven. He came 
to be your personal guide, your mentor, your teacher, your helper, your strengthener, your standby. He's like your shadow. He never leaves you. Amen. Okay, He's better than your shadow because when you get into bed, your shadow's no more. But He's there. We have to become spirit conscious and spirit led. In Romans 8 verse 14, the Bible says, For as many as are led by the Spirit, they are sons of God. As many as are led by the Spirit, not by feelings, not by emotion, not by their ancestors, not by their hurt, as many as are led by the Spirit. Now listen, I mean, if Jesus was alive physically today, I think everybody would want to go to the church where Jesus was, right? Amen. Oh, come on, say a bit amen than that. Well, He is here this morning, amen, as much as if He was in the flesh. As a matter of fact, He said, you are in a better dispensation because now I'm not limited to Jerusalem. I can also be in Swami, in Bloemfontein, in Durban and in Cape Town. Come on, give Him a praise this morning in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So He is there, I showed you last week, to be your guide. You are intertwined with Him. To be your teacher. Isaiah 48 verse 7 in the Bible says, I'm the Lord your God, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, who teaches you to profit or prosper. I mean, God wants you to succeed in life. Can you get that? John 10 verse 10, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Doesn't mean there's not going to be hurdles to overcome and obstacles and valleys and storms. But through it all, He promises to comfort you and to guide you. He says, I will teach you to prosper and I will lead you by the way you should go. So two things, if you, uh, um, or actually three things, um, to end what God has for you in life. And I'm very, very cautious to live my life this way because I want to stand before Jesus one day and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I don't want to live in agreement with my friends and they are in disagreement with the Word of God, in agreement with my parents and they're in disagreement with God's Word, in agreement with my culture, but they in disagreement with God's Word. So God says, I, we saw last week, we're not to seek guidance from. We don't seek guidance from the dead. Amen. Come on, Africa. Some people got mad if I say it. Well, I never said it. The Bible said it. People say, Adbosov says, CRC says, no, the Bible says, thou shalt not consult familiar spirits. You will not consult the spirits of the dead. That's what the Bible says, not I. So your God comes, He says, I am the Lord your God. Well, that's where we have to start. He has to have all authority, not some. I know this sounds very basic, but you know how we are as human beings. We know it all. We know more than God. And God has to persuade us before we are going to obey God. We know what the Bible says, but we get ourselves into a place with the but. So God starts and He says, I am the Lord your God. Then I will teach you to prosper. And I will lead you by the way you should go. So if I want to live the life that God has for me, I have to accept Him as the Lord my God, as only authority, not final authority, only authority. His will, not my will. That's the cross, right? Then I have to see what God says in the Word, because it's always going to be a journey of faith. And I have to live 
sensitively to the person and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Because that's the one Jesus said, I'm sending in my place. He didn't say I'm sending an apostle or a bishop or a prophet. He said, I'm sending another helper. And that helper is the Holy Ghost. And that helper will use the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. But that pastor or that prophet is not your guide. So when we live disconnected, we always play the guessing game. It's like we don't know. And sometimes we don't know the detail, but we know the future direction that God is leading us through the inner witness. We don't know everything. That's why this is always going to be a journey of faith, a journey that you have to live reliant upon the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, our human nature will cut God out. And a lot of people do that, unfortunately. Um, when they reach a certain level of success or significance, whatever they want to call it, it's like, okay, they just cut God out. They just put God on the back burner. And they don't realize that all the money in the world doesn't make you significant. All the success in the world doesn't make you significant. I talk to people with all the money in the world, they have a sickness, a disease, and they have three months to live, and that's it. Their money can't buy them anything. So you have to, you have to, yes, as a believer, decide. Where does God fit into your life? I'm going to say it again. You have to make it out for yourself. Where does God rank in your life? Because if He doesn't rank above, then everything, the Bible's going to be like a suggestion. It's going to be like a menu. It's going to be like going to a restaurant and saying, well, uh, I like this, I don't like that. I, I, I want this, I don't want that. It's like you want to eat the Bible. It's not the Bible, it's... But you, you want to eat, eat the Bible like you choose a menu. You read what you want to read. You don't read what you don't, that you shouldn't read. So he says, I will first teach you. Then I will lead you. So when the Holy Spirit leads you, He leads you from the Word of God. Never apart from God's Word. Always from the Word of God. And I'll tell you something, the Word of God, especially from America, and I love my American brothers. I'm not against you. I think that's why Facebook maybe doesn't like me. But there's a lot of things that, that comes from America that is not okay. That is totally in violation of God's Word, okay? We have to keep God's Word as our foundation, as our center of truth, as our compass in life. The Word of God cannot become an option. I mean, if you look in the world right now, um, it's like, People are having rallies against the Bible. The Bible is evil. The Bible is deception. The Bible is indoctrination. The Bible is instilling false beliefs in people. But I mean, America, when they were a great nation, they were founded on the Word of God. South Africa was founded on the Word of God. Every judiciary system in the world initially was founded upon the Word of God because God addresses not only a pathway to heaven, but God addresses in His Word how you should live. Your diet your relationships, the way you should rest. I mean, the Bible is a complete book. And interesting, the first book when they started printing books was the Bible. And the Bible still today is the number one bestseller in the world. Come on, give the Lord a praise for the Word. Hallelujah.
So, um, God knows how to guide you into your destiny. Say amen. He knows how to get you to overcome your hurdles and obstacles. He knows where you should launch out and when. He knows where you will recover your taxes that you have to pay. Amen. Your outstanding VAT or whatever you owe the, the receiver of revenue. Some of you maybe do. He knows how to comfort you in times of distress. We turn to people and we need people. The Bible says we have to bear one another's burdens. But He's the comforter. Sometimes people go through things. I think, oh my word, thank God I'm not going through that. But I am not going through it. And the reality is that's when God is there. That's when the grace of God is there. That's when the person in the presence of the Holy Ghost is there. To comfort that person and to sustain that person. Come on. God's not going to leave you comfortless. But in your difficult times, turn to Him. He's there. Your comforter. Your helper. Your strengthener. I mean, that's why sometimes you may feel like I'm going to quit. And the next morning you wake up supercharged. Why? Because I'll tell you, somebody was praying for you and the Holy Ghost is working in you as your strengthener. And the next day you have new faith, a new fire, a new vision, a new zeal. And you were thinking about shutting that company. Suddenly you have a vision to expand that company. Suddenly you have a vision to get on. You were thinking of retiring. But then the Holy Ghost came and said, you're going to refire. Your best days are ahead of you. Come on, say amen and praise Him loud in this place. So as a businessman, he knows where the fish is. Pastors, he knows where the men of peace are. He's the one who empowers you. He's the one who wants to guide you. So there's a lot of flakiness uh, going on, you know, uh, 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 on television as well. Um, so we have to be very, very cautious about what we listen to and stay anchored in the Word of God. So I want to talk about how God leads and what is the exception and then what is the way that God leads us today? Because sometimes people say the Lord spoke to me and really God never spoke to them. They had too much pizza, pizza, that's clear. Or they had a nightmare or they had some conversation with somebody and you cannot see God in it because it violates the Word of God or it violates the principles of God's Word. Whenever you make a decision, you have to make sure it is consistent with Scripture. Not one Scripture out of context. Because that's what Satan did. He quoted the word to Eve. Has God said out of context? That's why you build your life on three or four or five scriptures. There has to be proof, evidence, word. Amen. Not, I, know, I know what God says, Pastor, but, you know, I know what the Bible says, Pastor, but, you know, and, and I counsel people, I love you all, and, and you can come with your butts. That's fine. I'll clip your, your horns and make your sheep to say again, meh. Amen. But um, we love you in any case. We love you because that's what we do. We love you. But it's very difficult when you sit with somebody and they say to me, the Lord told me, Pastor, what do you think? What does it matter what I think? God outranks me. You just threw the God, God. You just told me God told you. Then there's no conversation to be had. Very difficult when anybody says to you, the Lord said, because who am I? I'm Lord Atya, but I'm not Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. He's Lord of Lords. I'm a little Lord. He's the big Lord. Okay, man, I'm a little boss. He's the big boss. Okay. So when you come with a big boss card, here's what people do. They say, well, the Lord told me. Well, that's it. What do you want? 
Even if I know it's a wrong decision, I cannot say anything because you brought God in the equation. And I'll tell you, to navigate through life is not that simple. I've had a lot of dreams which turned out to be not of God. Like all of you. So uh, let's talk about how the Holy Spirit is. I need, really need to teach, not just preach, teach a little bit. Okay, number one, visions. Everybody say visions. So if you're a young person, you can have a vision. 94, God gave me a vision. That's not a vision every day. That's a vision for your life. 94, God showed me the gates of hell. You know the story. Dreams, contrary to your belief, 36 years in the ministry, I've never had a dream. So according to the Bible, I'm still a young man. Old men will see dreams. So maybe when I'm over 60, can you help me out there? Anybody over 60, can you help me out? You're dreaming now. <laughs> okay. Um, then uh, number three, an audible voice. Well, I've heard the audible voice of God three times. Not a long conversation. Naval Hill, when I was praying over the city of Bloom, then God said to me, I saw a cloud, thought about the return of Jesus. I heard this voice from outside. Nobody else heard it. God said to me, run for me or I'll find another. That's it. That's all God said to me. That's it. That's it. We think so. Yeah, there are times God communes with us, but then when He's God, He just sees it as it is. I was jumping up and down. I said, I'll run for you, God. I'll run for you. And I haven't stopped running. Hallelujah. Because I know that God isn't uh, uh, dependent on any one individual in the world. He's going to build His church with or without us. I want God to use me. I want God to use us, CRC, to fulfill our mandate, which is to win the lost at any cost, not to become comfortable because of this COVID pandemic. Shout amen in Jesus' name. Then, then the voice of the Holy Spirit. When I was in Singapore, God spoke to me different, not from outside, from within. Not a witness, a voice. Mend the nets, the catch will be great. Those are many slogans in our church, not things I thought up. One church, many locations, a word God gave me, um, built for generations to come. God said to me, built for your children's children's children. Now, I'm now building for my children. They have children, but I have to build a church for their children. So we have to stay relevant, all generations together, okay? Not become lopsided, not all become gray, and, and, and we don't consider the uh, next generation or generations, two generations away. We have to be on the cutting edge to reach the future generations. Then the gifts of the Holy Spirit, a way God can talk to you. 1 Corinthians 12. Then angels. Now I know you call your wife angel, but that's not the angel the Bible talks about, okay? It is a real angel. That is exceptional. That hardly ever happens to anybody. Are you listening to me? So if you're looking for an angel, you'll find a demon that transforms himself, okay? Then uh, the next one is circumstances. Yes, God will use circumstances again to get your attention. Jonah, exceptional in not the way that God leads you. So first the word of the Lord came to Jonah. He ran away. I told you last week, 300 miles in the, uh, he ran and Nineveh was this way. What did Jonah do? He ran 2,000 miles in the opposite direction. Well, there's something about a relationship with God or if you're married for a while, this year's 35 years for me. So if you are um, married, you know what that person thinks, right? So you walk with God, you know what God wants from you. That's why when the offering comes, you're fighting. 
because your nature is to be generous and your nature is to bring your tithe. Your nature is to be a partner. So uh, uh, God's never going to go against His Word, okay? So um, you know what God wants from you. Sunday morning when you wake up, not having a go at those of you that couldn't make church today because your kids are sick in bed, I get it. But um, you know what the right thing is to do. It's not always difficult. You know. I have to ask God every day. I was thinking today, okay, I'm color-coded, but I, I, I was thinking today, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to pray about what tie should I wear and what color shirt. I was thinking blue or this one, whatever color this is. Actually looks terrible on me, the, the complex. It's because I'm... But in any case, it, so it wasn't a great choice. Okay, like some of you uh, didn't make a great choice this week for something. Okay, but in any case, at least it, 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 it's color-coded. Okay, I didn't have to go pray. Maybe if I prayed, I'd wear the blue. Okay. The, the next one that God leads is through prophecy. The exception, not the rule. Prophecy, if you study the New Testament, we, we can all prophesy. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 14, and the Bible says, prophecy is unto edification, exhortation, and comfort. So it's when you're in a home cell and people gather around you and they pray and they say, I feel I've got a word for you. God's going to help you. God's going to lift you up. We edify through prophecy. But when we talk about the prophetic word, that is reserved for the office of the prophet. And you cannot buy a prophecy. You cannot uh, uh, want a prophecy. A prophecy comes from God normally when all the hell is about to break loose in your life. So a prophecy is not there to, to boost your ego. So when, 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 when God speaks to Ananias to go to Paul, He says, go tell him, I'll show him how great things he will suffer for the gospel's sake. Then, the, then Agabus, the daughters of Agabus, they uh, prophesied, or Philip, the evangelist's daughters, prophesied about a drought that was about to come. Then Agabus tied a girdle and he said, this is going to happen to the one who owns the girdle when he goes to Rome. So none of that was flattery. It wasn't like Paul was looking for God's will. He was walking in the will of God. So if somebody calls you out and says, my brother, I have a word for you, you better get nervous. Because you're going to need that word to walk through what God is calling you to walk through. Hey, listen to me. Let's not cheapen God's word. Let's not cheapen our relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's not make it through somebody else. There's one mediator. Come on, His name is Jesus Christ. There's one way to the Father. His name is Jesus Christ. Come on, if you love Him today, give Him a praise offering in Jesus' name. So how does God talk to us? And I want to talk about the three main witnesses working together. Every major decision I've made in my life, I've made this way. Number one, the Word. The Bible. If you don't know the Bible, you are limiting the Holy Spirit from guiding you. You have to study the Word. Number two, the inner witness. Number three, spiritual, godly counsel. Not what people like. Because people want to hear God and they sit before they pass and they say, the Lord told us we have to move to Tambuki land. And uh, after a while, I'm singing the Sakduki and Sneersduki and Elkana Duki. 
want hulle beweeg uit Gods wil en Godse plan van hulle leven. So every major decision I've ever made in my life been the three of the, these things. The word of God speaking to me, a witness, God waking me up. So uh, Rhema, word spoken to my spirit when God called me from Lady Brand to Bloemfontein, then to start Pretoria Technology. Everybody now uses technology. We were the second church in the world to use technology. The first church in South Africa to have multiple locations. God spoke to me about that in 1994 when I sat in Singapore and uh, uh, one of the services, uh, those big VHS cassettes, the pastor put it in there. He was gonna, he ministered in a, to a smaller service, the Mandarin service, and it was his biggest service. People were watching a screen and I sat right at the back and God said to me, 1994, he said, one day you are gonna build my church like this using technology. I had no clue what God said. That was a revelation, not a copycat, not live streaming because everybody else is live streaming. I had a rhema. I had a word from God, same way when God said one church, many locations initially, and I don't want to give the name of uh, these people, they're reputable people. I submitted that word to people back in 1995, six, seven, before we started in 2002 in Pretoria. And um, all of them said to me, it's not gonna work, except you. Casey Tritt, I can mention his name. He said, art, art, at, whatever they call me in America. If you believe it, it's gonna work. The other one is a great man of God. I won't say his name. He said, it's gonna work. If God told you it's gonna work, I bear witness in Jesus' name. So every major decision, as a matter of fact, as a family even, um, before any one of our kids got married, when my brother was alive, um, we, we chose their partners together with the Holy Ghost. It seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us. Chanel didn't just marry Marcus, uh, no. We are like a bunch of elephants. We would investigate Marnu, sorry mama, from every angle, as I'm sure you did as well. Uh, is it a right fit for Angelique? And then Chanel, beautiful daughter-in-law there in uh, Johannesburg. We investigated her, her mother's sitting here on the second row as well. So we, it, it, it wasn't just like, um, they coming home with somebody and saying, I'm marrying this person. As a matter of fact, they've tried a few of those things and I took the remote like this and I said, Bye, bye. Because I never had a witness. <clears throat> oh, daddy, I feel so in love. No, you're not in love. You're in, 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 in La La Land. Because daddy can see it ain't a right fit. It's not going to work. So, the Word of God. I mean, people, you, it's a funny thing. Uh, so, uh, back then, before my daughters were married, because the screens would, uh, the cameras would go, and um, then guys would sit in Pretoria and see my daughters in Bloemfontein, and then vice versa. And the next minute, they get these messages, SMs like, um, oh, I really believe God wants me to take you out on a date and things like that, etc. So we had to tell the camera people, stop uh, focusing on my daughters. Pick somebody else that's unmarried, please. <laughs> Maybe your husband's sitting in Pretoria this morning. Just sit there with that face. Notice me, notice me, camera. Hello, put, uh, put me on, put me on. No, don't put people on the spot. That's not, that's not okay. That's not cool, okay? Maybe that girl was married. Now her husband is mad. Stop her from coming to church. <laughs> oh. 
Okay, so how does God talk? Number one, the Word. Say this this morning. Say the Word of God. Say it. Say the Word of God is the rule, not the exception. The Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. This is the number one way God speaks to us. This is not old-fashioned. This is not bad news. This talks about yesterday, today, and tomorrow. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. If God exalted the Word above His name, we better respect the Word of God more than anything else in our lives. If it's in the Bible, that settles it. No matter your feeling, no matter your emotion, no matter your tradition, no matter your culture, you fit in with God's Word. Otherwise, the Holy Ghost can't lead you. The Holy Ghost cannot lead you outside of the Word. Are you listening to me? So, um, the culture of the day is to challenge truth. I was watching a video clip. I think Pastor Glenn sent it to me and it's actually crazy. We, a person, now I'm going to be controversial and some of you are going to be mad, but let me say it in any case, it's not me saying it's the guy on the video clip who said it. Um, all he did was, he's got a move in America. What is a woman? And he went to people at these rallies and he said, what is a woman? Uh, suddenly nobody knows. What is a woman? Anybody knows what a woman is? Suddenly in this church, nobody knows what a woman is, okay? You're on camera. But, but suddenly what was truth is no longer truth. What was the norm of society is now being disrupted by a comma zero 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 percent of people that have an agenda. And that's truth. That's why countries have to return to truth. This country, South Africa, our president, our ministers have to return to truth. They have to return to the living God. They have to acknowledge that God rules in the kingdoms of the Son of Man. They have to bow their knee to Jesus Christ again. Come on. I didn't say them as me, and to the Muslim and to the Jew and to the Hindu. But this country was founded upon the Word of God. And it's the Word of God that stopped the revolution in this country. So why do we as believers suddenly... Uh, stop acknowledging our faith. Why have we become ashamed? I'm not talking about a hate speech. But how can they tell you that you cannot tell your little girl she's not a little girl? And you cannot tell your little boy he's a little boy. How? How in the world? So the question was, um, and it's not me now, so don't have a go at me. So the question was, uh, the chicken who lays the egg, is it a male or a female? Oh no, there's biologically, there's really not much of a difference. Um, um, you know, you can't say because the chicken can't cry and the chicken don't have emotions and and etc, etc, etc. And it's like the, the, the basis of truth is, is, being, is being shaken. And, and, and for a new world order to be established, the Word of God has to be taken out of society. Do you understand that? Because the Word of God is the basis of truth that gives you identity. So if you're wrestling with anything, God will help you. God's not against you. God doesn't label you. God doesn't judge people. 
People are wrestling with identity more than ever. Depression amongst teenagers higher than ever this week. Tragically in Pretoria, a standard six uh, committed suicide. I mean, it, it breaks my heart. The pressure that's put upon little children in South Africa, in our world, things that little children should not be exposed to. Little children can't be little children anymore. Our children in South Africa are not safe. Our children cannot cross a field. Our children cannot walk home alone. Our children have to become adults long before their time. And it's not okay. I say this again and again to our government. It's not okay. Make South Africa safe. Make our children safe. Give our children dignity. Put your finances into the schools and education system. And let a child be a child. Let a child be a child. Stop this pressure upon young children that are exposed to things way ahead of their time that hurts them and destroys them emotionally. Where are the days that a, a child just hears the mother read the, a, a children's Bible and a child just plays outside and a child is just happy all they see is this negativity, especially after this COVID pandemic. You have to love on your kids a lot right now. Listen to me. Play with them. Read the Bible to them because they hear a lot of crazy stuff elsewhere. So the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3 verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, for instruction, for conviction of sin, for correction of error, restoration to obedience for training in righteousness, learning to live in conformity to God's will, both publicly and privately, behaving honorably with personal integrity and moral courage. So if you give me that Bible, it's lighter, please. And it's a true Bible. Don't break it. It's holy. So um, this, this, this book, you have to digest it. I, I say it now for the last few weeks, but until you don't get it, you are always going to be a big dipper Christian. This Bible cannot just lie on your bed table. Psalm 105 verse, uh, 100, 109 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Verse 130 says, The entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. The Bible says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. This should be the basis of your truth. This is the basis of the relationship you have with God. John 15 verse 7, Jesus said, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. There is no relationship outside of God's Word. There is no relationship with God outside of His Word. There is no relationship with God outside of His Word. There is no relationship with God outside of His Word. There is no relationship with God outside of His Word. There is no relationship with God outside of His Word. Listen. God is never going to lead you away from His Word. He's never going to lead you contrary to His Word. So your life should be, that's why He says, I'm the Lord your God, who teaches you to profit first, teaching, then leads you by the way you should go. A lot of people want to be led by the Spirit, but they have no knowledge of the Word of God. Hosea 4 verse 6, my people perish for lack of knowledge. So we need to know what the Bible says. What does the Bible say about education? What does the Bible say about social upliftment? What does the Bible say about poverty? The gospel is good news to the poor. That means the poor should be poor no more. That means there should be economic reformation. That means there should be um, economic uh, uh, reconstruction. That means there has to be wealth redistribution in a godly way, in a right way. The Bible addresses it. I want to tell you there on television this morning, God loves you. Listen, 
get yourself back in God's presence. I don't say it in a harsh way. There is no other way. There is no other way. John 14 verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. He's waiting to have a relationship with you. Call out to God and He will be there and lead you. God bless you in Jesus' name. Come on, give them a big hand clap, all of them. So I want to, we, we sing that song, He restores my soul, He leads me. So if, if the soul is uh, um, confused, depressed, then guidance cannot take place. If the mind is unrenewed, Romans 12 is to be not conformed to the result, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, perfect will of God for your life. This book, this book, this Bible, the Bible, is the only resource that can reconstruct your thinking patterns, break old patterns and reconstruct new patterns. Break old thoughts and restore and reconstruct new thoughts. The Word, nothing else. The Word. This is God-breathed, God-inspired. So when you spend time in the Word, you are bathing, you are renewing your mind, you are reconstructing your paradigms. That's why when you hear the Word, it's like reject, reject, reject. Because everybody has a filter in their minds. Everybody has been brainwashed to a certain extent. Everybody, through culture, experiences, education, we have these filters. So if it looks like something, we think it is something. That's why we have to be renewed in our minds. And we can't call a prayer line and say, have a renewed mind. I wish we could, but we cannot. Bible says, through your patience, possess your soul. So the greatest territory you can possess for God to lead you is the territory between your ears. Because although you get a word from God in your heart, your mind, your thinking processes, because we all think, while I'm talking, you're thinking all the time. Your brain is like a computer. You can't just shut off. When you watch news, when you hear anything, your mind accepts it or your mind rejects it according to how your mind has been programmed. So when you come to Christ, you have to reprogram your mind. He restores my soul. He leads me wherever I should go. When the soul is not restored, it's very, very difficult to be led by the Holy Ghost because you fall back on, on, on those grooves in your brain. You fall back on old memories, old habits. You, you just flip back into a certain place. That's why you have to build, reconstruct, and science proves it that as you get positive information, as you laugh more, as you have more fun, uh, that people aren't doing a lot today, as you relax more, that your mind begins to change as you hear good news. There's not good news out there, my dear brother and my dear sister. There's nothing good on television except every now and again when a South African team might win some sport event. Uh, further on, there's not good news. There's not a program you can switch on that is not good news. There's not a series you, series you can watch where there's not some hidden message to, 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 to brainwash society. That's why the Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flow the issues of life. So respectfully, if you treat the Word of God disrespectfully don't expect godly progress in your life 
Yes, you just heard me say that. Because I can prophesy over you, but I mean, if your thoughts are still messed up, it's not going to help you. We have to get you to think the thoughts of God, and that takes time. Time. Time in the Word. Time going to home cell. Time coming to church. Time doing Bible study courses. Time to get the thoughts of God. This is the thoughts of God. So if, if, if somebody says anything, you'll immediately know. No, that's not in the Word. Because I don't even have to go pray about it. If it's not in the Bible, I reject it. I don't care if the guy glows in the dark. I don't care what his title is. Bishop, Apostle, Prophet, Evangelist. Uh, 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 I'm not moved by the title. Is it consistent with Scripture? Is it in the Bible? Is there a pattern of what is happening in the Bible? Because God watches over the Bible. The Holy Spirit confirms the what? The Word. He doesn't confirm your Word. He confirms His Word. So when, when you get a revelation or something, you have to go to the Bible and you have to uh, um, see what the Bible says. That's why you go for godly cows and say, what does the Bible say? Well, then if it's not in the Bible, that's it. End of conversation. But are we at that place? Most of us not. Because this little will of ours struggles to submit. That's why Paul says, I die daily. Daily. And if you don't spend time in the Word of God, then this Word has less and less of an impact in your life. But the more you spend time in the Word, the more the Word has impact in your life, right? Um, this Bible will keep you from sin, but sin will also keep you from the Bible. So, I, I know it sounds like kinderkransiri, but listen to me very carefully. The average adult in America doesn't spend more than one minute reading the Bible per week. Amen. So, so, so we want to come and say, lead me in what you have for me, God. God says, okay, start reading my Bible. No, 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 no. I want a feeling. No, read my Bible. I, 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 want, to, I, want, to, I want to go do great things for you. You don't have the faith to do great things. Go build your faith. Read the Bible. Go to Bible school. You know, when I got saved, what the Lord said to me, two things, two things. When I just got saved, He said to me, submit to the past I got saved under. God spoke to me because I had a rebellious nature. If you said left, I'd go right. Okay, now there's a little bit of righteous rebellion still in me. But I needed a clear word from God. God said, submit to Pastor George Goodyear. That was it. The second thing God told me was go to Bible school. That's it. I never heard anything else. That's all I did. So when my friends got offended and they left the church... And people try to get me to start another church. I said, no. God said to me, submit to that pastor and stay there. When my brother, my sister, my mother, my in-laws, everybody left the church, I never did. Why? Because God gave me a word. And that word will be tested. But I have to build my life on His word. Not the word of somebody else's offense or somebody else's feeling or somebody else's emotion. I have to keep myself in the place where God instructed me to be. And then God said to me, go to Bible school, study the word. Never thought about ministry. Didn't know I was called. But I thank God I studied the Bible. 
studied the Word of God, meditated Scripture, memorized Scripture, reconstructed my mind, reconstructed my thinking. If there was a topic I wasn't sure about, I would go read the Bible and see what the Bible says about racial issues, about prejudice, about forgiveness, about restitution. I've said this to how many politicians, and we have several of them visiting tonight just to come and attend church, not to have a speaking moment. Uh, uh, I say to them, the answers are in the Bible. But if you take God out of society, what will be the result? Chaos and darkness. Confusion. When you bring God into society, you have order. So what we see in, 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 in our world today is people trying to take what is good out of the world. And that is, means that the Bible is something, if you preach it boldly, becomes a threat to the agenda of the rulers of the world, whatever they're plotting and scheming. They'll stand before God. They'll give account for the evil schemes and plots. But as for me and my house, I'm going to serve God. And as the Apostle Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. We are not suddenly going to change the Bible because it's not popular with today's society. We are going to preach the word louder. Come on, say amen. I said we are going to preach the word of God louder without apology and with the love of God so that people have access to the grace of God in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, uh, people always ask other people, well, what do you think? Do you ever ask God what He thinks? How did you experience that? Do you ever go to God and say, what do you feel? We have to include Him. I'm late. And His Word. In Jesus' name. Stand with me this morning. Lift your hands. Come on. Stand with me and lift your heads and say it with me this morning say Father help me to give your word the rightful place in my life that it deserves in Jesus name I want to follow you all the days of my life I want to grow deeper in love with you I want to be like David I want to love your word more than gold and silver teach me Holy Spirit to read the word and to spend time in the presence of my Father in Jesus name Father we come before you God this morning in the name of Jesus Lord you are the great shepherd you are the great Messiah you are God you are Jesus Lord, you are the one that died for us on the cross. Beaten beyond recognition. Took upon our sins, upon yourself, so that we can have life. This morning we stand together, Lord, as we're raising our hands and we commit ourselves. As we've just said that you are our great shepherd. Lord, we want to read your word. We want to understand your word. Father, we know this morning in the name of Jesus, not every man when they delight themselves in your word and they ponder on the word and they meditate on the word, Lord, there will be like a tree that is planted along the rivers of the living waters, Lord, and we will bear fruits year after year. We know that our leaves will not wither. When we've got you, God, we've got everything. When we've got your word, we've got your Holy Spirit, we've got life. And nothing will, will persuade us, Lord, and destroy us. 
Father, this morning we want to declare, Father, in the name of Jesus, that Lord, we will follow you in the morning. We will follow you in the evening, Father. We dedicate ourselves, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, Lord, where we've slept and we've been in studying your word and meditating on your word, that we're taking the responsibility this morning, Father, that, Lord, we will not fail you. We will not bring shame upon you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. When your eyes move in Pretoria to and fro and is looking for a man, you will find us studying your word. We will find us, Lord, meditating on your word in the name of Jesus. This morning in Pretoria, on the live stream on YouTube, while the believers are praying in this place, there is nothing that is so powerful that building a strong relationship with God, there is nothing that is so powerful. So we have to, in our daily walk, build a strong relationship with God. Because many people, they want to prosper only spiritually. But they forgot that for you to prosper spiritually, you have to have and build a meaningful, strong relationship with God. Strong relationship with your family. Strong relationship with the people that we call the destiny helpers that will get you to the level and the place that God wants you to get in. But the first relational relationship, strong relationship that we have to build as a child of God, as a businessman, is a very meaningful and strong faithful, loyal, committed relationship with the one that died for us. Without that relationship, we can hear him. Without that relationship, he will speak to us and will we hear nothing. Because you see, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, if you don't have the word of God, you will not be able to hear the Holy Spirit. When you're not able to hear the Holy Spirit, there will be no faith. Without the word, there's not going to be no hearing. Without hearing, there will be no faith. Because the Bible says, it is impossible to please God. Without, it is impossible to please God. So we need to have faith for, him to, for, for us to please Him. But we have to be rooted in the Word of God. So that when He speaks, we need to know the will of God. Because when we study and we meditate on the will of God, it means we know the will of God. We know what God is expecting us to do. So this morning, the same God that died for you and me on the cross. He's calling you, saying, my son, my daughter, I'm standing at the door of your heart and I knock and if you hear my voice and you open up your heart, I will come in and I'll sup in with you. If you open up your heart this morning, the Holy One will come. He will commune with you. But He will not get into your life until He's given the priority, up until He's given the permission to operate in your life. Because He says, when we come together, he's, he's faithful and just to forgive us. So God is looking for the people that want to represent him on planet earth. God is looking for a man. He's looking for a young girl. He's looking for a businessman that will study the word and understand the will of God. Because you see, when you understand the will of God, when you pray, you don't have to know how the things will turn around. Because the Bible says, my word will not return void to me until I accomplish what I send for. When you have the word of God, you have the will of God. When you have the word of God, you know the will of God. Then it's easy for the Holy One to communicate with you. So this morning, God is calling you. You're backslidden in prayer to get lukewarm. God is calling you. You used to invite the people to church. You would become his witness. Something has happened. You've drawn call. You've drawn back. The Holy One of Israel is calling you. He needs the people that will go on the highways and byways. 
Maybe you used to do that, but all of a sudden something has happened in your life. You used to bring people to church. You used to be in the home cell. You used to be on fire for God and something has happened in your life. But this God that we're talking about is calling you this morning in the name of Jesus. While the believers are praying and you know that God is talking to you. You know that God is knocking on your heart. And this morning he wants you to open up your heart so that he can come and sup with you. The same God that we're talking about, the one that really died for us, the one that really wants to communicate with us, he's calling you businessman. Don't leave this place the same. Housewife, don't leave this place the same. Young man, don't leave this place the same. Jesus is in need of you. Because nothing will happen on planet earth until God has got a hold of somebody else. He's not going to do anything on planet earth until he can reveal it to somebody else. The rules of engagement, me and you, we know that God will not come as a spirit and invite people to church and do something as a spirit. He's going to look for you to avail yourself. But you have to be the one that has given your life to the Lord. Everything starts from the cross. This is why we always have altar calls. God is calling you. He says, my man, my mercy, the cross. I was beaten beyond recognition because of you. I want you to represent me now on planet Earth. So this morning, if you want to give your life to the Lord, you want to recommit your life to the Lord, you want to get yourself on fire again, for the call of God, for the purpose of God, the call that is bigger than yourself. This morning in Pretoria, on the live stream, I want you to raise your hands right now and say, God, I'm coming back home. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm coming back home this morning in Jesus' name. I want you to raise your hands right now on the ramp, left. Raise it high and say, God, I'm coming. Everybody there at the balcony, come on, raise your hand right now. I'm coming back home. We can't do church as normal. We can't come every single Sunday. Nothing changes in our life. On the ramp, come on, lift your hands right now. Businessman, young man, young girl, the man, God is looking for you right here at the ground floor. Please raise up your hands right now. The Holy One of Israel is calling you in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' mighty name. Your life will never be the same again. Your life will never be the same again. After you pray the prayer, the Bible says you qualify yourself to become the partaker of God's inheritance. Then you can come boldly before the throne room of God and say, God, Abba, Father, my Father, my God, this is why you are here. So your, your life will change forever. So there's a huge, massive party going on in heaven right now because you're giving your life to the Lord. Right now, because of you. So don't forget today's date. Today is the 11th. So the 11th of, of September, you came to rededicate Give your life to the Lord. So this is a very important day that you have to remember in your life. But I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I want you to pray this prayer with everything that is in you. Because this is, this is where everything else changes. Pastor Art, 18, 18, 18 years old, he gave his life to the Lord. But that moment when he took that decision, all the CRC, Pretorias, uh, CRC churches, national, internationally, was birthed. So this is not just a decision that you are making. It's a destiny because of your obedience. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer and just pray with me. Say, Father, I thank you this morning because I know that you are faithful to me. I believe with all my heart that you've died for me on the cross. This morning, Lord, forgive me for all my sins in Jesus' name. 
from today you are my Lord and my Savior in Jesus name amen and amen come on now amen we hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message if you have been touched by our ministry you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.